You're listening to the Mind Made Wrong podcast presented by Steel Maggie, episode number 22. Hey, beautiful creators, what's going on? Today, I'm experiencing mad resistance to doing this podcast, but I'm doing it anyway, because I have to, because I am here every Friday, and this is also a really, really important topic. Today, I want to take you through how I journal my thoughts in a productive way. Do you ever feel like you're just writing and writing and writing and nothing is getting done and you're just going around in circles and you can't come to a conclusion about your situation. It happens to all of us who journal, but it can get discouraging when you feel like you're in a downward spiral in life and just want some clarity on how to move forward. This episode is definitely obviously geared toward people who journal, but I want you to know that even if you don't, even if you're not a writer, this is still going to be incredibly valuable for you to consume because at the end, you will have a process, a structure to at least go through mentally, you know, just by thought, whether you choose to try to write or record it or not. I find it better to write, but everyone is different. So anyway, we all have uncomfortable, sometimes intrusive thoughts. I've spoken about habitual thoughts before on this podcast and how to tweak even just one word or or two in the thought to make it more productive. If you haven't yet listened to that particular podcast, um, It is Mind Made Wrong, episode 19, Habitual Thoughts, Habitual Feelings. Um, I suggest after this is over, you go to listen to that one because it's a perfect sister episode to this one. That one's number 19. Anyway, it's first really important to know and understand your thoughts before you try to change them. Where are they coming from? Observation is really going to be the focus here today. Neutral, detached observation of your thoughts. We are going to be sitting there with those thoughts and simply observe them. Now this is uncomfortable. 100%, I know. But it's unavoidable. You can't cheat the process. I'm going to offer that if you ever want to change your results in life, you're going to have to become a thought scientist. Disclaimer, I'm saying this because I value your listenership and I really value your time. If you don't actually want to change your results or if you don't really want to do the work to do so, then I'd suggest you turn this episode off and go do something else because that's what we're going to be talking about today. This is not an episode for those who think they're all right where they are or for those who are willing to swim around for the rest of their lives. this The process I'm going to show you, if you do it consistently and with intention, is going to radically change and up-level your life. If you do the work, of course, I guarantee it. So, 
if that if this topic does seem like a worthy investment of your time, we're going to keep going. And I also want to um, clarify that this is going to be very cognitive behavioral therapy based as well as um, concepts that one of my virtual mentors, I mentioned her last episode, um, Brooke Castillo, she um, has a model that she uses in her uh, life coaching called um, CTFAR, conclusions, sorry, circumstances, (laughs) thoughts, feelings, actions, results, which all stem from basically everything is caused by a thought about a circumstance. So um, I'm going to continue on that. What do I mean by a thought scientist? So the way a scientist hypothesizes, experiments, and then records the results, analyzes the data against the initial hypothesis, all of that, that's what you're going to do with your thoughts through this process. The scientist doesn't have a deep attachment to the hypothesis. What the scientist is trying to prove has nothing to do with the scientist. But that entire process has is actually still similar to our own thought processes. Of course, these thoughts of our own, um, they are attached to us because they are about ourselves and our situations. But like we've discovered before, thoughts are just sentences all made up of words. And the only thing that makes them mean anything about you, the only thing that creates a deep attachment is the meaning you give to those words and what you're making them mean about you. So the scientist creates an experiment that will test the hypothesis. That's what we're going to do. We're going to create an experiment that tests the meaning of our thoughts. So we're simply just going to observe the thoughts now. We're not going to try to change them immediately, but we're going to observe them as words, as data, you know, like the thought scientist you now are. And you're going to be able to connect the dots between your thoughts and your reality. You're going to start to be able to see the patterns that are coming up for you. And since you are separating yourself from the given meaning of these patterns, it's going to be a lot less overwhelming. When you put these thoughts in, you know, a Petri dish, right? You're taking them outside of you. You're observing them, but you're not judging them. And I'm going to take it further than that. You know how your thoughts can sometimes make you feel like shit, or they can inflate your ego way beyond healthy levels, which only again leads to crashing and burning once more. As scientists, we're going to turn them into our lab rats. You know, you're not the lab rat anymore. It's the thought. You're going to make control groups, change the words in the sentences, then test and analyze how they perform. This is how we don't spiral into a pit of overwhelm and that cyclic self-loathing that is so easy to jump into. 
I'm not going to hide this fact from you that while journaling, it is my grand tendency to wallow in my thoughts and in the meaning that I apply to them. So this the system I'm going to teach you, I've developed of structuring and my writing it's based on a goal of observation and nothing more. If you're tired of the word observation already, buckle up. If you find that writing isn't your thing, you can also voice journal. I do this all the time when I'm driving. I'm sure you probably have a voice memo app on your phone. So all you do, just open it up, press record and start talking. And then you just press that little red button when you're done. The basic process I'm going to be going through is the same whether you're voice recording or you're writing it down on paper. So step one, I let myself go. I write down the unedited, unfiltered words that I literally just need to dump outside of me before I can actually examine them. I'm going to give you a great tip here. It can be very useful if you're like me and you get carried away inside yourself. You should set a timer for this step one. Um, Five to seven minutes is usually way more than enough. And after that, things generally become redundant anyway. If you're recording on your phone, it will have the little record time going so you can just keep an eye on that. And if you're speaking it out, it's probably going to be under five minutes because, you know, it takes less time to speak than write. And If I can continue the science metaphor, you can look at this time constraint as a constant or a control factor in your thought experiment. So the most important thing right now is to get the exact words out that you have been using in your thoughts. The exact words. What words are repetitive and looping over and over in your brain? One of mine is the word worthless. I've also had waste of time on repeat in the past for sure. And these words, they might be epithets, you know, things that you would never say to your friends or your family members. And those especially are are extremely important to include. Do not take those out. You know, things, things like slut, bitch, fat whale, garbage dump all come to mind for me personally. Um, these things are real, you know, and you use these words against yourself all the time in your self-talk and they become these, this, these cyclic looping thoughts. So this is just data. We do have to, we have to record the exact words. And remember the words don't mean anything right now. They actually don't mean anything ever, but we are going to focus on right now. They're just words, and we are scientists observing and recording their occurrences, plain and simple, every single time. They're the data, that's all. That's all it is. So then when you have reached that point, right before you start to repeat yourself, then we are going on to step two. Now we're going to move into how these thoughts have made you feel. We're going to identify that data is just data. How are you feeling when you say these words aloud or when you see them written on paper? Discouraged, numb, angry, enraged, despairing. 
you've got to get very specific. And this is really important to mention that it, whatever language you speak the best, like if you're speaking English nowadays, but you were born speaking Portuguese and there is a word in Portuguese which literally describes exactly how you feel and it isn't in any other language, whatever language you're using, use that word. This is what I mean by getting specific about the feelings because when you pinpoint that word, then you can name it and you now have more of a command over the feeling because it is so deliberately named. For example, when someone when someone says your name in a crowd, you're still gonna you're gonna turn around, um, even though you know it's probably not you they're calling, especially if you have like a common name. That, but if someone call, calls out your full name, there is there's no question that they're referring to you. The same goes with calling out the feelings. Where this these are the decimal points in the data here, and this is so important because of step three. In step three now, we're going to move to the actions. So what has this feeling or group of feelings led you to do? Write that down or speak it out. In science terms, we're tracing back to the exact compounds causing the chemical reaction. Get specific with this part two. And I'm going to say that these actions, um, they're more likely to be small rather than, you know, some big grandiose action. You know, you took that extra shot of Jaeger. You said yes to the guy who asked you out in that class um, and you don't even like him that much. You have never responded to this this one email that was going to change your career. Um, if the action was something was something, you know, big, like, say, cheating, for example, you got to break it down into smaller ones. You know, one, you got in your car. Two, you went to where you knew they'd be. Three, you started the conversation. Four, you touched their shoulder. Five, you asked if they wanted to get out of here. And um, all of those are really important because they all came from that very specific feeling or groups of feelings that you just pinpointed for yourself. And those are what start the pattern. So don't skip this. Don't skip this step because after you've identified the actions, your consequence or your result, it's going to be in plain sight. It's going to be obvious. This result is likely why you're doing this whole exercise in the first place, right? And now, the most important part, you are able to connect that result to the thought that caused it, right? Which just happens magically to be the first step that we did, right? All of this to show you that it all came to pass because of the thought. That's why they call it a thought process. And when you have analyzed this data, you've connected the dots and you've cor correlated it to the full result, it is then and only then should you start changing words 
in that thought sentence that you had from the beginning. Why? Because if you don't know the specifics, if you don't know the exact words that are making you feel the way you feel and making you act the way you act and producing the results you're producing, then just plugging any random new word that into the, into that pattern that sounds good to you, you know, it's it's like rolling the dice and hoping for snake eyes, you know? It might work. It might. But the thing I want you to take away from this is even though it might work for a little while, it's that 100% is not going to stick. You're setting yourself up for failure because you don't know why the previous pattern gave you the results it did. And because the previous pattern is familiar and comfortable, in contrast to the new one you're trying to set up, you will fall back to that because there is no clear reason in your mind not to. There is no data that you have come up with yourself to support something better. And that's why I love this thought scientist idea so much because going through this process, we are literally observing the data, the hard numbers. We're finding the results and then we're forming new hypotheses, new thoughts that produce better results. But you can't produce a better result before you know what caused that first result in the first place and you can't change the input to something better. You won't be able to stick to the Im- that new input is what I'm trying to say. It really takes you out of your own head, you know. You, you realize when you d- go through this process that it's not personal. Your thoughts aren't special. And that's not, that's not a bad thing. It's, it's fantastic, you know. To me, at least, your thoughts don't mean anything except what you make them mean. And that is the coolest most freeing realization I've had this year and I hope that you are through this episode are starting to have that realization as you do this experiment. I really want you to just try it out. You know, if writing seems um, intimidating, you can do the thought memo and just go through this process. You may need to listen to this episode a few times and just jot down the steps um, but go through the process speak it out and then listen to it and that in itself just listening to it is going to be so revealing about how you yourself think so I want to hear from you I want you to do this thought experiment I want you to be a thought scientist you know your thoughts are your lab rats right you're in charge I want to hear the results, whether this is the first time you've done it or the millionth time you've done it and you're just getting back into it. Honestly, this has changed my life so much. It just, it cha- If you do it consistently, like I said before, and you really do it with direction and with intention, there is no limit to how you can change your results. All right. So I want to hear from you at Steel Maggie HQ. I'm on Instagram and Twitter. You can email me at Maggie at SteelMaggieMusic.com. You can go onto my website, um, 
steelmaggiemusic.com slash podcast and go to episode number 22, um, Thought Scientist, and you can tell me there. You can tell me in a comment. There are so many ways. I want to hear from you, please. Um, so next week, I am so excited for the interview that we've got coming out. Um, but until then, my beautiful creators, try this out. And you know what I'm going to say. Please go create beautiful things. I'll see you next week. Bye-bye.